0: so that we'll know who worshiped with us today. Thank you for being a part of this worship service today. And we're so glad that you're here. As you see, we have a a small group of musicians with a powerful message to deliver to us today. And please notice the announcements, the church picnic, Cans of Fruit for Food Closet. And thanks to Nancy Bryant, Pat Edwards, and Paula Ritchie for working with the Easter breakfast. I know that everyone who came enjoyed it thoroughly. At this time, I'm going to ask Linda Adams and Vicki Harm to come and give you a very important message.
1: Good morning. Can you hear me? I'm going to have to read. I better put my glasses on. Your mission minions are at it again. The mission team is so excited to announce we are going to participate and help sponsor this year's back to school event taking place across southern Virginia. Back to School is in its 13th year, but it will be our first year, which we will act as a sponsor. We will be joining other uptown churches to host Back to School at Albert Harris Elementary School. This event is open to all students in the area.
2: We are trying to help students begin a successful new year by providing each student with new socks and shoes. Their feet will be washed by a volunteer who discusses with each student their hopes and dreams, and they will hear a story about Jesus they will also be prayed with. Each student will receive a backpack, and it will be filled with various school supplies. Last year, the Uptown Churches worked with Smart Beginnings to give each child a new book. Our goal is to adopt 50 children. That's going to be a commitment of $1,000. It only costs $20 to adopt one child. What is so great about this project, you will not only be helping the children in our area here, but $3 of that $20 will go to give children overseas shoes. And I brought a sample. These are the shoes that will go overseas. They're dipped in a special solution that helps kill parasites. So like in Africa where the children may walk in all different types of dirt and grime and whatever they have, this will help their feet. And some places they can't go to school unless they have shoes. So this will also enable the child to go to school. Now that's overseas. But our children get beautiful little new tennis shoes. They're beautiful. They're different colors.
1: In order to make this event successful, we need your help. Whether financially or volunteering your time, We will be posting dates that volunteers are needed in the sunday school classrooms and in the social room we ask that you please sign up with the church office or call linda adams t-shirts t-shirts for volunteers will be five dollars extra and we will need to have the money and t-shirt sizes in by may 31st we want to thank you and we hope you will come out to join us in helping the community and spreading
2: God's message. What a wonderful blessing you will get if you're able to come out and help us. And if you can't help, that's okay. You can still pray for this event. We want it to be a blessing to the children, to their parents, and of course we want them to meet Jesus. Thank you.
0: Let us stand and join together in our call to worship. Praise God in the sanctuary.
3: Praise God in the mighty firmament.
0: Praise God with trumpets.
3: Praise God with lute and
0: harp. Praise the Lord with tambourine and dance.
3: Praise the Lord with strings and pipes.
0: Praise God with clashing cymbals.
3: Praise God
0: Let everything that breathes praise the Lord.
3: Praise the Lord.
0: Now let's join together singing hymn number 307. to another. neglected to make one very important announcement. The person who was to have children's time this morning is sick. The next person in line to do children's time this morning is sick. (laughs) So after children's time up here and the children's message, you will just please go back and sit with your family and we will be delighted to have you all with us in worship today. Let's now go to God with our opening prayer, printed in your bulletin or on the wall. Let us pray. God, your patient love is like a mighty glacier, so pushing aside all that stands before it. Be patient with us, as we strive to shore up our hesitant faith. Like Thomas, we want to believe in the power of your resurrection, but we have so many doubts. Hate often seems stronger than love. Death often seems stronger than life. Come to us in the midst of our doubts that we may see Christ's glory and proclaim with Thomas, My Lord and my God. If we have any children that wish to come up for children's time, now is the time. And if we don't, we'll proceed. Does he usually come up? I can't see who normally comes up because I'm sitting behind the organ and... Let's proceed with the service. We're going to go now to the prayer for illumination. So if you would bow and pray with me. Almighty and love-filled God, we have come to you this morning to listen to your word. Give us understanding to truly hear the words of John, who wrote to all the churches in Asia concerning your omnipotence, Let both our hearts and minds acknowledge that Jesus is king over all the kings and would be kings of the earth. Give us minds and hearts to understand the terror of the disciples as well as the absolute emptiness they were feeling after the death of Jesus. Their world had once again been turned upside down and inside out. As they come to withstand the outside worldly forces, may we be granted strength to withstand all the secular forces in our world today, one short week after we celebrated Jesus' resurrection. Amen. Our first scripture today comes from the book of Revelation, chapter 1 verses 1 through 4. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants, was what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who testified to the word of God and to the testimony of Christ Jesus, even to all that he saw. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of the prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, that is to all the churches that are in Asia, because seven was a perfect number. So John said to all the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is, who was, and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. If you will now remain seated, and turn to hymn number 420, or follow along with the PowerPoint. And sing this second hymn in a very prayerful manner, because no more beautiful prayer has ever been written. So pray with me this hymn, Breathe on me Breath of God, From the Gospel of John, verses 19 through 31. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for the fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We're now going to have special music that I requested. And I want you to listen carefully to all the words of this beautiful anthem. people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you. In the verses just preceding this morning's gospel reading, Jesus appeared to Mary Magdalene. Now we have to back up a little bit and go back to last Sunday morning in order to be in the proper perspective for the rest of the day. Mary Magdalene was overcome with grief that morning. She had just found an empty tomb, and all she could think about was to find Jesus' body so it could be properly anointed for a proper burial. Instead of his body, she found two angels sitting in the tomb. The angels asked her, why are you here? She told the angel that the body of her lord was missing and she didn't know where to find him. She turned around to leave. She was in utter dejection when she saw a man standing there. She was desperate. She wasn't thinking straight. She thought it was the gardener. And when asked why she was there, she explained the situation. And she said, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Now it's really obvious to us that she wasn't thinking clearly. She had forgotten Jesus' word that he was going to rise from the dead And on top of that, how could this woman really carry a body from the tomb to some distant location? But Jesus said, don't hold on to me, after he looked at her and spoke one word, Mary. And immediately, she knew. And she responded, Rabboni, teacher. Jesus told her, Don't hold on to me. I have not yet ascended to my Father. And Jesus knew that Mary needed to learn to release his physical being and start relying on the spiritual Jesus. Mary went to the disciples. I don't know how many of you watched the History Channel's series on Jesus. I haven't seen all of it yet. But I saw the announcement that Mary made in that depiction. She walked in the room and she said, I've seen the Lord. Now, I don't know about you, But if I had just seen the Lord in the garden and he had talked to me, I would have come in there running and jumping with joy and saying, I've seen the Lord. As our gospel reading began this morning, which was evening of that first day of the week, evening of that first day, the first day of the week, the first day of the rest of their lives had descended, the disciples were back in that house, the doors were locked, they were terrified because the Jewish authorities could still have the Roman authorities to come and take them away, imprison them, or even to crucify them, simply because they were followers of Jesus Christ. They were grief-filled. They had forgotten Jesus' words that he would rise. But suddenly, even as the doors were locked, Jesus was there. In their midst and he stood among them. He calmed their fears with the words peace be with you. We're going to divert just a moment from the story. There are many people in Scripture who needed proof from God before they either could do or would do as God instructed them to do for whatever the situation was. Remember back in Judges 6 through 8, there was a man named Gideon. It's a wonderful story. I enjoyed it even as a child. We think of Gideon as being a mighty warrior. But Gideon was a failure. He had lost, leading the people, he had lost battle after battle Against the Midianites. And the Israelites had been dominated for seven years by the Midianites. On this particular day, Gideon was down in the bottom of a wine press threshing wheat. He was down there because the Midianites would come and burn all of their crops and he didn't want them to know that they had any wheat to thresh so they wouldn't come and steal all their food again. Well, an angel appeared to Gideon and the angel said, Gideon? You are to go and lead the army against the Midianites. I'm sure he was thinking, been there, done that, lost there. Why is God asking me to do this? And Gideon said, finally, he said, if the Lord's with us, why has all this happened to us? He had great doubts. What's going on? And then he said, "Okay. if God will give me proof that this is what I'm supposed to do, I'll do it. We thought a minute. He said, God, I'm going to put out this fleece, this sheepskin with all the wool on it, and I'm going to put it out here today in the middle of tonight in the middle of this threshing floor. And in the morning, if it's wet and everything around it's covered with dew, then I'll know it's the right thing I'm supposed to do. Morning came. And he wrung enough water out of that fleece to fill a boat. And the ground around was all dry. But it wasn't quite enough for Gideon. He said, I I know you did this, Lord. But if you could just do one more thing. I'm going to put the fleece back out there tonight. And I want you to make the fleece stay dry and everything else around it to be wet with dew. And it was. And Gideon said, all right, Lord. I'll gather the army, I'll take all the men we can find, and we'll go and fight the Midianites. And God said, no. We're going to pick out 100 men, and you and 100 men are going to go and defeat the army of the Midianites, and it's going to be 100 men Because God wanted everybody to know that it was God that defeated the Midianites and not those human beings. And with the 100 men, they routed the enemy. The people knew God was in charge. But before you start thinking that it was only the men who doubted, remember Sarai? She was over 90 and she heard an angel of the Lord tell her husband that she was going to give birth to a son. I don't know about you, but I don't blame Sarah for laughing out loud. It was very difficult for her to believe. Impossible for her to believe. But it happened. God prevailed again. Others questioned God or lost hope in God. Remember what Elijah did when Jezebel had threatened to kill him and all the priests of God? She said, I'm gonna kill you. You can't get far enough away from me. So Elijah did what? He took off to the desert to hide from the wrath of Jezebel. He doubted. God took care of all of that. Remember Moses and the burning bush? And God said, Moses, I want you to go down to Egypt and talk to Pharaoh and set my people free. And in the song that the choir sang, I can just hear, not me, Lord. I can't speak. I can't talk. I get all mixed up and I can't go, Lord. He says, I'll send Aaron with you. He can do the talking. And whatever excuse Moses came up with, God had an answer. And finally, even through his doubts, Moses did what God asked him to do. He led the people out of Egypt and he led them through the wilderness. Judas was the disciple who thought he knew better than God. He was a man who was bitterly disappointed that Jesus did not meet his criteria for a Messiah. Judas was not expecting a man to ride into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey. Judas was expecting a man to ride into Jerusalem on a white steed brandishing a sword to gather the people to revolt against the Roman army. And Judas never understood until it was too late. In John eleven seven 7 through 16, we learn that Jesus told his, told his disciples, we're going back to Judea. They had left Judea when the Jewish leaders were plotting to stone him. So the disciples were trying to convince Jesus, we don't want to go back, they may still be plotting, you'll be in danger. But Jesus said, my friend Lazarus has died, never mind that it had been four days, and I want to go to him. Thomas spoke up and said, let us also go, that we may die with him. That is, we may die with Jesus. If the authorities try to stone him, they'll have to kill us too. Are these the words of someone who doubts Jesus? Are they words coming from a disciple who does not believe? They come from Thomas, the disciple who was not afraid to die with Jesus. Now back to the upper room. That same day, when they were locked in, and Jesus came in, and everyone was there except Thomas. And we don't know why Thomas wasn't there. And the reason is, John didn't think it mattered. And it really doesn't. He wasn't there. Jesus appeared, remember, and said, peace be with you. Showed showed them. They didn't ask to see the nail prints or the spear print in the side. Jesus showed them. He breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Well, when the disciples told Thomas that Jesus had appeared to them, Thomas said, I can't believe until I see the nail prints in his hand and the print of the spear in his side. Did Thomas have doubt? I think Thomas was rather introspective. Thomas wanted the truth. In today's society, Too many untruths are raging. Read the so-called news on the internet. You'd better do a little investigating and don't take that at face value. Chances are, it isn't so. Thomas wanted to get down to the nitty gritty of the matter. He wanted to see for himself that his Lord had truly risen and was alive. Well, it was a whole week later when the disciples were all together in the house again. Can you imagine Thomas thinking, they really did try to pull the wool over my eyes this time? Well, they were in the house, and Jesus came again. And Thomas said, my Lord and my God, after Jesus looked at him and said, Thomas, reach out your finger. See my hand? Put your finger in the prince on my hand, and put your fist in my side where the spear was. That was all Thomas needed. He had the proof. Jesus had shown him. He had seen with his eyes and he immediately acknowledged Jesus, my Lord and my God. And then he added, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have seen, who have not seen, Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. And here we are this morning. I was sitting up there in the choir on Maundy Thursday. I remember praying, Lord. Let us in this sanctuary tonight sense your presence in our midst. I believe this was during Keith's message. You'll understand why I'm not quite sure in a minute. I want to assure you, however, that I was wide awake. I was alert. I say this because I have been known to fall asleep at 10 minutes before 10, for example, and miss the end of the television program I had watched for 50 minutes. It's not just age. I could do that when I was 16 also, so I've been doing that all my life. I was alert and wide awake. I gazed up to that back wall all the way up in the balcony, behind where the PowerPoint is said. Now let me assure you, if you weren't here, there was no PowerPoint that night. There was nothing on the walls up here. Besides, it's never shown back there on the wall. <coughs> there was nothing in here to cast a shadow of any kind, but when I looked, there stood Jesus. It's still powerful and I couldn't talk about it for a long time. There stood Jesus, robed with a crown of thorns on his head. And he was standing facing that way, but not completely. I'll show you this way because that's the easiest way to show you. There was someone behind him over here. There were a couple of people behind him back that way. But Jesus was standing there looking at me. I blinked more than once. Am I really seeing what's there? And I was. But as I looked, it slowly, as though the camera were pulling back, but there was no camera, and faded into the wall and was gone. I don't know why I saw this, but I know it was there. I bit my lower lip then to keep from crying, just as I bite it now. All I knew was that I had seen the Lord. And perhaps it was given to me that night to share with you this day. Amen. Sometimes questioning is good. Thomas needed an explanation beyond the words of his apostles. He needed proof. He couldn't be satisfied with words alone. However, as soon as he saw the nail imprints and the mark of the spear, he was satisfied. He had seen the proof and he believed. There was no more hesitation. Now, we know he was a twin. I know you wonder, why did she name the sermon The Twin? We don't know anything about the twin. We don't know whether it was an identical twin or a fraternal twin. Were there two boys or a boy and a girl? I think it was very wise of John to omit that information. It doesn't matter to the gospel, but it does matter to us. Because you see, in one way, each and every one of us now in this room is Thomas' twin. Even though it was long ago, we are Thomas's twin. There are times when we may have doubts but we believe, and we respond, my Lord and my God. Faith is tested in today's world. The disciples heard and believed. They follow God's directions. They follow Jesus' teaching. But today we see so many horrible things. We read so many terrible things, and we question Why, Lord? Why? Jesus Christ died for us and rose from the dead for each of us. And I believe the words of Mary of Magdala, the words of the 10 disciples, and finally, the words of Thomas are sufficient. They had seen the risen Lord. They proclaim Jesus to be their Lord and their God. This morning you heard the anthem entitled, I Believe. And now I want us to sing the last line together. Jill is going to sing a line, and then you're going to repeat that. And then, when you've done it that way once, we're all going to sing it one more time together.
3: Good morning, everyone. So the phrase that we are going to sing as a response to Sarah's wonderful sermon this morning is the final verse of...
0: Now let us stand and join together in our affirmation of faith, number 888. This is the good news which we have received, in which we stand, and by which we are saved. Christ Christ died died for for our sins, sins, was buried. buried, was raised on the third day, and appeared first to the women, then to,
3: then to Peter
0: and the twelve, and then to many faithful witnesses. We believe Jesus is the Christ, the
3: anointed one of God, the first
0: Please come forward. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come bringing our gifts this morning our gifts of money, our gifts of service, our gifts of being yours to use as you would. Lord, lead each one here. And lead us to recognize your authority in all areas of our lives. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. of the prayer today we will go into a time where you can name various things that are on your mind so keep that in your mind now as we go to the Lord in prayer gracious and eternal God on this first day of this week we lift prayers of thanksgiving for the blessings we receive each and every day We tend to take so many of these blessings lightly. We go to bed each night in comfortable beds, eat when we're hungry as much as we want. We have places to live throughout the world, including our own wealthy nation, our own community. Many have nowhere to call home. No clean clothes to wear, little or nothing to eat every day. They lack the most basic necessities of everyday life with no prospects for anything better. Even when we see pictures, we cannot truly understand anyone who has to endure these living conditions. Too often we think of self and not for others. We can't understand the stress and strain of living under the constant threat of persecution from either one radical person or one radical group towards another group. You created us to live in peace with one another, but we human beings have strayed far from the garden, turning so much of our world into thorny paths filled with danger. In the quiet of this worship time today, O Lord, lead us to respond to you as Thomas responded my Lord and my God. Let us seek to live each day having love for one another and treating one another as children of God. Lead us as a part of the body of Christ to continue to serve you in whatever ways you call us to serve. Help us to remember Jesus' words when he taught the disciples how to pray, thy will be done. Today, we lift up the people in this congregation and all others who may be sick, suffering, or in trouble. Lord, in your mercy.
3: our The man's
1: family.
0: Lord, in your mercy. We pray for the concerns of our local community and for the world, its people, and its leaders. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for the church universal, its leaders, and its mission. Lord, in your mercy. And hear us now, O Lord, as we pray the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Now let us stand and sing number 177, He is Lord. Room. They were afraid, but Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. He breathed and he breathed the Holy Spirit upon them. We have heard the word, we have seen the Lord, we know he is alive. So follow his word. Go ye. Tell others about me, and go with the peace and love of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen.